Hey, hey, welcome to the Four Pack Podcast. I don't even know what number it is anymore, but oh. it's with uh, myself, Jared Edwards, and Dan Hawes. Dan, how are you doing today? Not bad. How are you? I'm doing well. That's a good thing. It, the weather is beautiful outside. I've got to enjoy some of Mother Nature today, which is always good. Um, and we are drinking Benjamin Danklin from Fathead's Brewery. And it is, it's a pretty gosh darn good beer. It's really good. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Good stuff. Yeah, very good taste. So, Mm. I'm on uh, the website here for Fatheads. It's from Fathead Brewing Company. And it is 7.4 alcohol by volume, 76 IBUs. It's an IPA. Um, The little quote about it says, loaded up like a lightning rod with lupulin, this celebratory IPA is full of dank aromas and bold citrus, mango, and pine flavors. Mm. Proof that God wants us to be hoppy. Ah, Got to be hoppy. And I'm telling you, dude, you can taste the citrusy. You can taste the pine in it. It's good stuff. It is very good. I enjoy it. Okay, so with this podcast... This has happened right after the NFL draft. The draft just went down all of uh, Thursday, Friday, and today, which is Saturday. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, Let's start with the first pick was Joe Burrow, which is not a surprise at all to anybody. No. Um, So what do you think about Joe Burrow? Do you think he's going to do pretty well? I'm hoping the best for him. I mean, he's a phenomenal quarterback, and... As long as I mean, he he's very young. He's a very young quarterback coming into the league, and hopefully he can keep his mind right. Like I told you earlier when we was talking about it, he kind of reminds me of a little bit like a Peyton Manning. Yeah, like the guy, the kid is the kid's a good quarterback. Yeah, and, he was absolutely cerebral in college. Right, right, and it, especially this last year, he struggled a little bit in 2018. Yeah, but like you said, this past year he was. Like freaking Peyton Manning out Absolutely. there for LSU. He pulled through it, and that's that's a good sign right there that he was able to make it past his downfall, and he's he's doing good. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Me too, but being a Cleveland Browns fan, I hope he's not that good. <laughs> just, just being a Browns fan, you know what I'm saying? They went to Cincinnati, which Cincinnati t- has not had a good history of First round picks, no, being no. good quarterbacks. Mm-mm. Carson Palmer, I think he was drafted three overall, or he, no, he wasn't. He was number one overall, yeah, and he did. He had a pretty good career, but yes. he ended, he ended up leaving. Yeah, he did. The other one they took in '99, it wasn't number one overall. But do you remember who it was when the Browns took Tim Couch number one overall? Uh, wasn't Andy Dalton? No, um, it was. Who was it? There is a reason you don't know who it is. It was Achilles Smith. Oh, yeah? Achilles Smith. Really? Yep. When he came out, I he was a bust right away. I think right. he played two years for him and then was just out of the league. <laughs> and it was funny because Tim Couch and Achilles Smith, they were the two prime prospects coming out that year. And the Browns almost picked Achilles Smith. Oh, wow. Thank goodness they didn't. I yeah. mean, people call... 
Tim Couch a bust, but Tim Couch led the Browns to the playoffs. Yeah, he did. He did good. I mean, he <laughs> he did good. Yeah, and he's the only quarterback since 99 to beat the Steelers twice in the same year. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I, I people say Tim Couch is a, a bust. I, I just really don't agree. No, he was good. So number one overall was Joe Burrow. <laughs> Number two overall, Chase Young. Chase Young. Chase Young, I don't think anybody thinks he's not going to be good. No, he's going to be great. He's dominant. He's dominant. He's good. Ohio State is just putting out top defensive linemen after top defensive linemen after top defensive linemen. Absolutely. Last year, you had number two overall pick, Nick Bosa. Yeah. The year before last, you had number four overall pick with Joey Bosa. Mm Mm-hmm. That's three years in a row you have a top five guy. Yeah. And for the first time in the history of the NFL draft, the first three picks were on the same team at one point. Yeah, that's true. All three of them played for Ohio State. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Burrow was the backup. Yep, Burrow was the backup. Chase Young was your defender. Right. And uh, Jeff Akuda. Jeff Akuda. Who reminds me of Denzel Ward, without a doubt. Absolutely. That guy's a monster. And where Denzel Ward come from? Denzel Ward come from Ohio State. Right. Yep. So, th- there weren't a bunch of surprises in the top five of the NFL draft. I guess four with the Giants, they ended up picking Andrew Thomas, who's a very good hmm. tackle, arguably the best tackle in the draft. Right. I don't think so, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Right. And number five, the Dolphins ended up taking Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, good choice. Absolutely great yeah, choice. Great choice. I hear so much crap about, oh, Tagovailoa is injury prone. Well. He's going to get hurt. <laughs> no. Just because, and I under me being a paranoid <laughs> Browns fan, I do understand that. I worry about the Browns players all the time being injury fr- prone. I mean, it is extremely rare yeah. that you have a Joe Thomas right. where he doesn't miss a snap for his entire career up until he does, and then he retires after it. Yeah. He just blew his tricep out. Exactly. 10,000-some-odd straight straps, yeah. snaps. It's a record that probably will not be broken. No. Mm-mm. So I think, and I've taken a lot of crap for it, in my opinion, Tua is the best quarterback in the draft. If he stays healthy and Joe Burrow stays healthy, I think he has a much better chance mm-hmm. – at doing extremely well. I mean, Miami proved last year that they have a very good coach. Yeah. I mean, they won five games with a team that should have won one game or two games like the Bengals. Right. (laughs) So he's in a good place. He has Ryan Fitzpatrick to to learn from. Yeah. Fitzmagic, who is somehow extraordinary all the time, and he just goes from place to place to place to place. (laughs) He does. Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Miami, he he, just moves all the 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 Jets. Did he ever play for the Jets? I think he did. I think he played for the Jets for a minute. This guy, for whatever reason, people don't hold on to him, but he wins everywhere. He wins games. He may win five games, but five (laughs) games is pretty good when you have Miami's roster from last year when they're trying to lose games. They took one of the top safeties in the league, Minka Fitzpatrick, and they traded him to Schittsburg. Right. It's like, 
now he's in a better spot. They got three first-round picks. They got an offensive lineman to help protect him mm. and a really good cornerback, too. I think Miami is set up extremely well. Right. So the rest of the picks I don't give a damn about for the most part. Yeah. We'll go to number 10. I lied. I do care about one of them. And it was the team that drafted just before the Browns, two picks before the Browns. They were the number eight pick. And the Cardinals, they took Isaiah Simmons. Oh, okay. Isaiah Simmons is a linebacker or safety out of right. Clemson. Fantastic. He ran a sub 4440 for a 230 pound player, Holy 220 shit. pound player, which is unreal. That's unreal. So. I wanted him as a defender because the Browns have let go of Joe Schobert, yeah. and they don't have a bu- bunch of linebackers right now. They're very lacking at the the position. Mm-hmm. So he was my number one pick that I wanted for the Browns, my absolute dream pick. They didn't get him, but they got my second pick, who I thought was definitely the best tackle in the draft, and that is Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills is good. Out of Alabama. And he... He blocked for a national championship team, a team that made it to, well, one national title. This year they made it. They didn't make it to the playoffs, but they make it to the SEC championship game every year. I mean, he has experience. People say, oh, he was a right tackle in college. He was a right tackle in college. He's going to have to make a jump in the NFL. Yeah, he was a right tackle in college, but Tua Tagovailoa, who he blocked for at Alabama is a lefty, right? That's his blind side. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the yeah, reason yeah. why left tackle gets paid so well in the NFL is because it's a right-handed quarterback's blind side, yeah. which 98% of the quarterbacks in the NFL are right-handed. Yeah, they are for sure. So he was to his blind side blocker. He did a damn good job at it. Not only that, he is Future Hall of Famer Joe Thomas's number one tackle on the board. Yeah. Here's what Joe Thomas said about him. This was after he got drafted. He said, There will not be any sleeping for me tonight because I'm so excited by this pick. Hmm. He said, When I watch the film on him, there is nothing he can't do. All these other guys who were the top tackles had big question marks. He said, This guy, no question mark. Brown's home run. Nice. Good. I will take it. Absolutely. Coming from Joe Thomas. Heck yeah. Himself. You're talking one of the best offensive tackles of all time. Right. A guy who had 10,000 some odd consecutive snaps. Oh, geez. And you think he's not going to try to mentor and help out Jedrick Wills a little bit? Absolutely will. Oh, yeah. He should. Yeah. I mean, he will. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be in there. So you have not only a guy who's extremely talented. Mm Mm-hmm. As well as a guy who has maybe the best tackle of all time in Joe Thomas. I agree. As a mentor. That's that's unheard of. I mean. Absolutely. This kid's going to be good. So, that was their first round pick. So, I'm going to read off just the rest of the picks so far. We are only through the sixth round right now. Yeah. So if the Browns have a pick in the seventh round, I apologize in the future. Maybe by the end of the podcast, they may pick. Yeah. So I could add it to the list. There you go. But right now, their first round pick was Jedrick Wills. Second round was Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU. Third 
was Jordan Elliott, a defensive lineman, defensive tackle out of Missouri. Oh, okay. Then third pick, third round pick, oh, their fourth pick, but another third round pick was Jacob Phillips, linebacker LSU. Right. Fourth round was Harrison Bryant, tight end of Florida Atlantic. The fifth round was Nick Harris, a center from Washington. And the sixth round, their last pick so far, they have another one, but we'll right. see what they do with it. Yeah. Is Donovan People Jones, a oh, wide yeah? receiver out of Michigan. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. He's a decent player. Yeah. He is he, he <laughs> why not? Yeah. Why not pick up a receiver? They that, need especially one. one like that. They yeah. definitely need one Good because choice. I mean, you have Odell Beckham, then you have Jarvis Landry, and you have nothing after that. Nothing. Nothing. No. So they needed a third receiver. This one, he he can be a serviceable receiver. He's a big-bodied guy. Oh, yeah. And he can definitely have a place. Oh, I agree. Good choice. Yep. So we're going to take a short break right here, and we'll be back with more of the 4-Pack Podcast. Okay, welcome back to the second segment here of the Four Pack Podcast. Now we are drinking once again. We're drinking on Benjamin Danklin mm-hmm. from Fatheads Brewery. Yeah. Very, very good beer. Now Fatheads Brewery, I am sad because they just they built a a brand new restaurant down here in North Canton where we're at, and it's been open for a little over a year now. Right. Yeah. Great food, great beers, and since we're still part of the COVID oh, coronavirus crap, everything's closed and I feel bad because I haven't ordered anything from it, just takeout or anything. Right. But I feel like you got to be there to drink the beers. Oh yeah, and eat it's the a, food and It's a completely different experience. Yeah. Whenever you just order it and take it home, eh, I'd rather go there and enjoy the environment. Absolutely. Well, we, we'll get back into it here. So when we left mm-hmm. off, we were talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones, right. a wide receiver out of Michigan. He's a bigger body. He's 6'2", 213, and he's fairly athletic. Now, he ran a, a slow 40 time for a receiver. I say slow, mm-hmm. but it's not not that slow. He ran a four four eight. Right. Also, uh, Jerry Judy, one of the guys who went early in the draft, he ran like a four four six. Yeah. So he's not terribly slow. No, not bad. For being that big, he had a 44-and-a-half-inch vertical. Wow. He had a 139-inch broad jump. That's crazy. That's insane. That's insane. That's almost 12 feet. That's insane. So you have that, Yeah. which is good. Now... He wasn't super highly rated. His uh, prospect combine score on NFL Network was only 5.8, which is like a a good backup Mm -hmm. in their world, which is good, and I think he could be good. We don't need him to be a starter right now. No. But he's got the potential to be better off down the road. Yeah. Um, So let's go back to the second-round pick for the Cleveland Browns, which was Grant Delpit. Mm-hmm. So Grant Delpit, if you don't know, safety out of LSU, he's a big dude. That's good. 6'3", 203 pounds, big guy. Yeah. He started 37 games at LSU. Wow. He played for a very long time. He had 199 tackles this past season. Um, He had seven sacks for his career, and he had 
eight interceptions. Oh, excuse me, 199 tackles. Not this past season. Right. For his career. For his career. So, he had a pretty good career. He won the Jim Thorpe Award last year. Really? And when the when everything mattered most in the SEC championship game and in the national championship game, he did not miss a single tackle. He hmm. had a forced fumble and an interception. Wow. Yeah. The game of his life right there. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it was two games. and So he had very good games when he freaking needed them. Yeah, that's good. So, after that, the Browns ended up taking Jordan Elliott with their third-round pick. Now, he was a defensive tackle out of Missouri. And he actually played pretty well. He's another big body. He's 6'4", 302. Wow. He had a 5.02 40 time. Oh, my goodness. Five-second 40 time, which is extremely good for being that large. Yeah, he's a big dude. More importantly than that, they do a 20-yard shuttle, which is kind of their – it measures their lateral movement and everything. It was a 4.73. Huh. Very good for that size. An interesting thing about him, he was a – I think he was a transfer from Texas. So he transferred out of Texas. He played, I think, one year at Texas – yeah, he played at Texas until his sophomore year, and then he transferred to Missouri. And he was part of the defensive line, but he never started until this past season, which was his junior year, which is a little peculiar. But once he started, he played extremely well. He also lost 30 pounds while he was in college, and I think that's what was part of making him a better defensive player. Yeah, You know how he lost that 30 pounds? Ow. He cut out red meat and chicken from his diet. Really? Yeah. Wow. Red meat and chicken, and he mainly just ate turkey, fish, and vegetables. Hmm. Yep. That's, uh, I could I could handle that. <laughs> he start he got to Ole Miss at 330 pounds, and then when he left Missouri, uh, he ended up being 302. Wow. Hmm. You'll take it. Take it. He was a very good playmaker. Let me read a little snippet about him snippet about him here he was a staple of the tigers defense as a team captain and led the team this past season in with 10 tackles for loss and that earned him first team all-american pro honors from pro football focus but uh second team all-american honors from the ap poll wow so You get a second team all American with your third pick. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take and it. the Browns definitely need beefed up at defensive tackle. I agree. They're bringing back Sheldon Richardson, who's a monster. Yeah. But Larry Ogunjobi's a little on the smaller side. Yeah, he is. This guy's a little bit bigger, can stop the run a little bit more, which you have to do yeah. in this division. Oh, yeah. Because you got Pittsburgh oh, and right. you have Baltimore. Yeah. The only way to beat Baltimore is to stop them from running the ball up the middle and force Lamar Jackson to throw to the outsides. He has a lot of trouble with it for whatever reason. Right. If If you're able to run the ball, Baltimore, and... Hit those tight ends over the middle. Hit the uh, Marquise Brown on the deep routes over the middle. They'll beat you every damn time. Oh, yeah. The reason why the Browns have been successful the last two years against them is because they do that. Right. 
They stop the run up the middle, and you make him throw to the outside. Mm-hmm. So that was one of their that was their first third round pick. The second third round pick from the Browns was Jacob Phillips, hmm. and he's linebacker at LSU. Now he led the SEC in tackles with 113 last year. 113. He played in 39 total games in his career. Wow. Had 26 starts. He's a big dude too. Good. 6'3", 230. Good. Yes. I like what the Browns are doing. They're getting big players. Good, man. Who are fast and who can hit. Right. That's what you you need big guys who can run. Right. Yeah. You need little guys that can hit. Yep. And you need huge guys that can just stay in place <laughs> yeah. on the defensive line. And it, it'll make you that much better. Oh, yeah. So they got another big linebacker. And this guy, in the third round, mind you, he was the 10th LSU player taken. Oh, my goodness. In the first three rounds. That's an NFL draft record. Wow. <laughs> so, and this is kind of where I get into... Everybody's saying Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, and how great he is. Don't get me wrong. I know I I seem like I'm negative on him, but I think he's going to be good. But look at the team that surrounded him. Yeah, exactly. He had the the equipment to use to be a superstar. Absolutely. And that's how he turned into one. So we'll see what happens when he comes to Cincinnati and – He doesn't have that much in Cincinnati. No, it's going to be interesting. He's got – I'd like to see how he handles it. They the running back is good. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on him. Joe Mixon. Yep, Joe Mixon. Right. He's very good, but that defense is trash. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be hard to see. Yeah. Okay. So then let's go to the fourth round pick for the Browns, which is their fifth overall. Which is a guy by the name of Harrison Bryant, a tight end, hmm. who I'm extremely excited about. Yeah. He's 6'5", 240. Dang. 32 and a half inch vertical, 4.7340, and a 110 inch broad jump. Wow. This is a tight end. So this is what you need on the field. Yeah. He also <laughs> was an All-American this year. He had over a thousand yard season. Now he only played at a small school, Florida Atlantic. Well, but Florida Atlantic is coming up over the past couple of years. Yeah. They have uh, Lane Kiffin as their head coach, old coach of USC, and he coached in the NFL for the Raiders. Mm. Um, he's coming up, and what was interesting is this past year he pay, he played against Ohio State, and he performed well. Oh, yeah? Against what was arguably the top defense in the nation. Ohio yeah. State was absolute monster on defense. They were. He had six catches for 79 yards. Wow. And that is at a small-time small time school huh. playing a perennial college football powerhouse. Right. Somebody who's usually always in or contending for the playoff. Right. And he performed very well. So I am kind of hoping I am not the biggest David Njoku fan. No. How do you feel about Njoku? Not a big fan either, man. No. I mean, what is no, I'm not. He's injury prone. I can see him go. He seems to make he seems to make good catches, but then he drops a bunch of them. He I will give him he's good in the red zone. Yeah. 
And he can jump. He can jump. He can jump. But you're bringing in this guy with a 32 and a half inch vertical. Yeah. He's 6'5. Right. He's quick. So I think this paves the way for the Browns to either let Njoku go, who I believe is a free agent after this year. Right. I believe they will let him go or possibly trade him. Hmm. Yeah. Could help him out. Could help him out. So there's just one more pick to talk about for the Browns. That was a center. Not the most exciting pick of all time. Well, and he's a fifth round pick center, a guy by the name of Nick Harris out of Washington. Huh. Decent player. Washington was a pretty good this year. They've been pretty good over the last couple years. Had very good coaching in Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson was the Boise State head coach when they were really good back in the day. They won on that Statue of Liberty play where they beat uh, Oklahoma in, oh, okay. in a bowl game a couple of years ago. Right. So he's got good coaching, and he's not going to come in and play right away at all. No. With J.C. Treader, he's one of the best centers in the league. Right, yeah. And the no. Browns just re-signed him to a big uh, multi-year contract. <laughs> exactly. They must have seen something in this guy. Yeah, so they're probably thinking, hey, we'll bring him in. He'll learn under J.C. Treader. We'll coach him up really well. I mean, the Browns have a fantastic offensive line coach. Oh, yeah. Bill Callahan. Yeah, man. He's been a head coach multiple times. He's going to be good. He took over for the Redskins in their uh, intermediate role. Right. Last year for head coach. Yeah. Coach for the Raiders. Took them to a Super Bowl. He ended up losing to John Gruden, former Raiders coach. Of course. But still, a damn good head coach and a very good offensive line coach. So this kid may have it in him to be uh, J.C. Treader's replacement eventually. Right. But that's that's a lot to say and a lot to go off of yeah. with just a little bit in a fifth-round pick. True. We still do not have an answer on the Browns' seventh-round pick yet. Possibly in the third segment, we may touch on that. But uh, we're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back here on the 4-Pack Podcast. And we are back here for the last segment here of the 4-Pack Podcast. So we've been we've gotten into the NFL Draft, talked about the NFL Draft, <coughs> what the Browns did mainly because I'm a Browns fan. And right. We really don't give a damn about every other freaking team. Nope. Now, piggybacking off of that, you are super into sports cards, baseball cards, football cards, and everything like that. Right, yes. So you have a bunch of these freaking rookie cards. I have a bunch, yeah. Yeah. And 2020 rookies, too, that... I mean, they're just now getting drafted, so who knows what's going to happen to them. Absolutely. I mean, you were just showing me you have uh, Grant Delpit. Yeah. C.D. Lamb. Joe Burrow. Yep. Man, what were some of the other ones? Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. We got Derek Brown. Oh, Derek Brown. Dude, that's going to be a good one. He went to Carolina. Right. And... Oh, A.J. Epinesa, I believe his name is. Dude, he's going to be a good player. He may not be a superstar, but he'll be a serviceable player for years. He'll probably play 10 years in the league. That's all we need. Yeah. Get him up there and get him good, and this card will go up in value. We got Jonathan Taylor. 
Jonathan Taylor, dude, that'll be a good one. Picked yeah. up by Indianapolis. He lasted until the second round, which is crazy, dude. Wow. He's a really good running back. But if you think about it, I mean, Nick Chubb was a second rounder. Yeah, he was. And he led the league in rushing. Yeah, you know, he <laughs> was. Shoot, he was just behind Derrick Henry. But the reason why he didn't beat out Derrick Henry was not Nick Chubb's fault. It was Freddie Kitchens' fault. Right. Which, Freddie Kitchens is not the coach anymore. No. So hopefully, Yay. Nick Chubb can get himself a nice rushing title this year. He might. He might. Yeah. Um. So, tell me about these cards. Because I've always been intrigued by them. You've given me some freaking awesome cards. Right. Like um, the Asiel Puig jersey card. That's a good one. And I didn't really know about the jersey cards until you showed me them and told me about them. Right. That's a good jersey card you got because it has three pieces of a jersey on. It's like a piece of his name on the jersey. Yeah. On the card. And it's numbered 13 to 25. So there was only 25 of those cards made. You got the 13th one. Yeah, lucky number 13. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. That's my favorite number. And they're, they're, they go up in value so fast. Like, what were some of the, some of the ones you were just showing me about um, Tua's card? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The new cards these days are Mm -hmm. unbelievable in price. Uh, it's uh well i got a i'm looking at a joe burrow on ebay right now just his standard base prison cards going for fifty dollars that's unheard of for a new rookie card right a guy who hasn't even played it down man back in 19 like 98 when peyton manning came out you know what i mean we got a peyton manning rookie it was worth maybe five bucks you know what i mean that's a good card wow back then you got a peyton manning rookie those things are, and that's like back in 98 compared to now, you get these, you get a Joe Burrow rookie and it's worth $50 already. Like, wow, that's a big difference from back then to that, now. That is crazy. That's crazy. Because, like, you would think that the football cards and trading cards would be something from back in the day, oh, like yeah. before technology and all this stuff. But it seems like, from what you're saying, is they're going up in price. Oh, so the much. newer the guys, right? Is it? I wonder why that is. Like, I just demand for oh. these newest players right away. Because I imagine if if somebody doesn't pan out, they have to drop way down in price. They do. Oh yeah. So man, it's just it's just like another way of playing the lottery. Just like playing the lottery. Yeah, you just take a chance on. Yeah. It. Hope you get a good one. Like I went. Like I told you, I went to Walmart the other day and got two boxes of 2020 Prism draft picks. There had to be 15 boxes there when I got mine. Yeah, There was at least 12, I'm going to say at least 12, whenever I left there. And that was at 8 o'clock last night I was there and bought those. Went back first thing this morning to get more. All sold out. Every, Every one of them sold out. Someone within the night came in and first thing in the morning beat me there and yeah. bought every other box of those things. So that's how hot they are right now. Oh, absolutely. It's and, crazy. And they're closing at Walmart right now because of the COVID is closing at like 8 o'clock at night. 8.30, yeah. 8.30. So crazy. somebody in that time yeah. and this morning right, bought the rest of them. Bought the rest and went in. I, they spent, well, they're $21 a box. Yeah. So twenty one dollars times twelve, 
That's a. I would no thank two, you. I wouldn't yeah. pay no 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 thank you. Two hundred fifty bucks. Two hundred fifty. I mean, now you take into account like if you pull a Joe Burrow rookie out of that, you're looking at a good seven hundred fifty to eight hundred dollar card. Jeez. Or, a uh, Joe Burrow rookie autograph. autograph. Yeah, if you get a seven hundred fifty to eight hundred dollars. That's for like a refractor, like yeah, a, like a pink refractor or a purple prism, something refractor autograph. Yes. Right. His standard base. Rookie autograph card though, just the normal ones are going for three hundred plus. It's unreal, and you have a chance to get one when you get a box. So that's why I still get cards. Man, I, no doubt that that boggles my mind right? because, like, I have a um, an autograph Jim Brown jersey with a certificate of authenticity. That's my favorite thing. That's framed nice. and it's nice dude it is one of my prized possessions yeah it's nice and that thing on ebay is only going for like 600 700 bucks yeah, it's unbelievable isn't and it? a joe burrow autographed rookie, rookie football card. card not even a jersey so when they sign these cards this is a question that i've always had maybe you'll know the answer to it uh-huh. do they sign the actual physical card or is it like printed on it when they print the jersey. No, they sign they the actual okay, card. This is what they'll do is uh they'll have they'll get like a big sheet of little clear stickers that say like panini on them. Yeah. Little ovals and the player will sit down and sign each one of those little ovals on the entire sheet. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They'll fill the whole thing up with his autograph, personally signed, and then they peel them off and stick them on the cards. Really? Yeah. So, or vice versa. They yeah. might they might stick them on the cards first and then hand them to the players and then the players just sign them each card at a time. So they'll sign like you'll get I have I have autographed numbered cards all the way up to 199. So they'll sit there Shit. and sign 199 of these cards. Right. And then, you know, they get shipped out. So either way, they, that's how they do it. So yeah, they don't actually sign the card on the cardboard. Yeah. It's on a little certified holographic sticker so you know really? it's real yeah i never knew so that it's legit and when you turn the card over it says on the back of the card the autograph and on the front of this card is guaranteed by panini america you know it's an actual certified autograph and that's why they're so valuable because it's almost impossible to replicate an autographed card these days yeah so it's certified when you get it it's already there and if you send it in to get graded you're tripling your value on your card. You get it. You pull a, you pull a three hundred dollar Joe Burrow autograph yeah. rookie. You go get it graded, and it comes back a ten. You're looking at a easy seven hundred dollar card now. So it almost doubles in value. Easy, without Damn. even asking a question about it. And, and when the, you when you send it in, what do you do? You just, it's just, um. You just send it out to these guys and they do it? Yeah, you mail it to either Beckett or there's so many different. There's JSA, there's Beckett. But, yeah, you mail it to them. And it's a tricky way you got to mail them, too. You gotta, they're not very protected when you mail these things. And yeah. It's, it's kind of iffy. It make, it, I've never got one graded because like, I don't want to send my, my card out and have it get messed up somehow. So is it not in... Uh... Like shoot, how are you? You're just supposed to package it up yourself and send yeah, it. Yeah, because you have they have like guidelines and rules yeah. you have to follow to pack these things. You're only allowed to put it in a little flimsy sleeve. You pack it, you ship it, you send it. 
And like I said, about eight weeks later, it comes back. So I can't put it in cardboard or no put plastic or like a hard plastic or something. Not a hard plastic at all. It has to be a flimsy, thin plastic because the only time they handle the card when they get it is when they they use a little glove. They'll take it out of that little thin plastic. They don't want to have to open nothing or smack it to get it out because if they damage it, they have to pay for it. Yeah. But yeah, it's worth it. I just haven't done it yet. I'm a, I'm, I don't know, dude. I don't like people touching my, you know, keeping you. it for eight weeks at a well, time, like not a, knowing dude, what's happening. That's a big risk. That's a big risk. And plus, like I said, I just found a Tom Brady rookie the other day. I only have one yeah. that I've, you know, that I have. Now, say I send that thing in to get it graded. I'm not saying something's going to happen. What's that Tom Brady rookie worth? About 250 250 bucks. Right ungraded? Now. Ungraded. Okay. Right now, yep. And if I send it in and it gets messed up somehow, I don't have another one. Right. You know what I mean? To fall back. Or that was my one and only Tom Brady rookie. I mean, yeah, they would pay me. They'd be like, oh, here's your 250 It doesn't matter. It'll be worth $600 four right. years from now. Yeah. I want my card. You know what I mean? I feel you. So After I he, I, I, dude, it's, like, it's probably. Tricky. Yeah, when he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame, that it, that'll probably at least double in value. I'm at assuming. least, yes. And you'd be right. Yeah, yeah. You got two hundred fifty bucks now for it. Yeah, but still, but you could have got eight hundred dollars in five years. Five years down the road, easy. Yeah, it's exciting. I like collecting cards. I get it, man. I that is fantastic information mm-hmm. about. Them, the signature being on a little sticker, I never knew that. Yeah, next time I come over, I'll bring some. Yeah. So you can see. Well, I have a picture. I'll show you a picture, but that way you get the gist of it. But yeah, they put them on little, little so stickers. Would that be, has that always been the case? Do you know? Because like. Back in like, that started probably. And, uh, 90. Nine-ish, nine, 2000-ish, yeah. something like that. So about the They turn used of the to sign signature. them right on the card. Yeah. Yeah, they used to. I'm sure they, I'm sure you can still get them signed right on the card, but. I bet it would be a lot harder for them to authenticate it if it's not on that sticker. Say it's from older, like, like I have um, a Paul Sereno and a Sandy Alomar autograph card that right. we went out and we. Just met them at a mall. Signed it right on the card. Yeah, and they signed it right on the card. So that's got to be way more difficult for them to those, authenticate. It's unbelievable how how less of value those are worth compared to the ones that you really? pull from a pack. Yes, it's unreal. Say, so say Paul Sereno, say you got a $10 Paul Sereno yeah. autographed card that he signed himself. It's a... card that was already on it when you pulled it out of the pack. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can see this picture or not, but you see the little gray like outline where his autograph is, the whole thing that's reflective. Oh, yeah. That's a sticker on there. Um, Look, there's another one you can see. It's it's just a sticker. That one you can definitely see. Right. So they sign these things, and then they just put the sticker on the card or yeah. vice versa. Like I said, they put the sticker on first and then, yeah, these that guys. makes sense. I'll so. tell you what, you have to send me that, those pictures and we'll post them on our, uh, on the four pack podcast page. That way you guys can see them whenever you listen to this deal. There's that Joe Burrow. Rookie. Man, that Joe Burrow is nice. That's a nice rookie card going for about 50 bucks right now. 50 jar. I'll send you these pictures. 
it blows my mind that the ones on that with the little sticker are worth that much more than just if you sign it. Yeah, it's unbelievable, bro. I guess because that is probably way more rare. Unless, I mean, say you, say you bump into Michael Jordan and you have him sign a basketball for you. You get an astronomical price for that. Yeah. Like for you versus, know, just, versus a card. just a card. Yes. But say you find Michael Jordan, bump into him, and you happen to have one of his cards on you. You have him sign it. The only thing you'll get value for is that autograph on that card, not yeah. the card and the autograph. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. If you pull one from a pack, you're getting the value of the card and the autograph because it's authenticated on itself. I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're looking at a $1,500 hand-signed autograph Michael Jordan compared to a $3,500 card you pull out of a pack. You get bored sometime, look up Michael Jordan autographs. I will. On cards, on eBay. Yeah. You're looking at the cheapest one you'll see. It might be a a little under $1,000. Jeez. They're unbelievable, bro. I want one. Somebody should buy me one. Yeah, no doubt, <laughs> man. Awesome. That's crazy. That's crazy. So I guess the moral of this is if you were out and you happen to meet Michael Jordan or any kind of sports star for that matter, right? Don't have them autograph your damn card. Not your card. Have them autograph a football, baseball, uh, basketball, anything, yeah. Bat, whatever you have. Yep. Not a card. Other than a card. Yeah. No. Because that just to me, that ruins it. Now, I buy cards, too. Yeah. And as a buyer, if I'm on there looking for autographed cards and I come across a hand-signed one that, you know, isn't certified, you know, so, oh, I bumped into Michael Jordan and he signed this card. Yeah, well, I don't know that. First of all, it's not certified. You could have done this year. So you could have practiced yeah. this autograph for a month and then just nailed it. And you're trying to sell me this right now. So when I see something like that on eBay or whatever I'm looking at, I just go right past it. Like, I don't even give it a second thought to even look at it. I got you. You know what I mean? Because who knows what that is. Dude, and they had a, there was an enormous problem with counterfeiting sports memorabilia, autographs for sports memorabilia. Right. I mean, they had a guy who would study all of these autographs, and it was that was his job. He'd come in and he'd be this player for the day, sign all this shit, making hundreds and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. For selling it. Oh, yeah. And he was so good, you couldn't tell. Yeah, exactly. Dude, That's I guarantee that's why they do it on the hologram sticker crap now. Yep, and they're certified from the company. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if it doesn't say that little saying on the back of your autograph card, you got a fake. You know what I mean? You'll be able to tell. I don't like none of it. You know what I mean? It's, It's all tricky when it comes to buying stuff that people have that they had signed. Yeah. You know, like I have my own stuff. Like, I had Sandy Alomar Jr. sign a batting glove, but I don't have it certified. Right. I'm not going to certify that. I had it. He did it when I was a kid. I know it's real. I'm never going to get yeah. rid of it. So, of course, I'm going to keep it. Man, I was going to say something dumb. Uh, so, I was, <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, I know you have pictures with yeah. uh, Josh Cribbs, right. um, yeah. Gary Barnage, a couple of Browns players, right? right? Yeah. Got all their autographs, too. And, and I'm like, okay, well, say they sign the picture. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I have him in this picture. 
here's the autograph as well, so it has to be authenticated, right? And then I'm like, well, if I was buying an autograph, I wouldn't want an autograph of some dumb shit getting his picture taken no, with no. Josh Cribbs. No. Uh-uh. They'd be like, oh, why isn't that you? Like, oh, man, I just, I just bought this. I, I, just, know, bought- I just bought it for the autograph. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> That's just some guy. There's just some dude. <laughs> so I would guess if you, that would kind of, I guess, help to authenticate it more <laughs> if you had a picture right. with it. But it would it, maybe Still. you'd have to have a picture of him signing the basketball right. on the um, the numbering of the basketball or the football right. where it couldn't be duplicated. Yeah, like I, I have that picture of Danny Shelton yeah. signing my little mini football, you know, up there at that little signing. Right. Had. I was in the picture handing it to him. Yeah. So it, it was me handing him the ball, then the next picture was him signing it, and the third picture was him handing it back to me. Right. So, that, you know, you could see he signed this. Danny Shelton, you can't mistake him. Oh, yeah. So, but still, a collector wants a certification. Like, you have to get your autograph certified if you want to sell them. Other than that, you're going to get dirt prices that you're going to be upset about. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's not worth it. You have to get them certified. And that but, makes a lot of sense because, dude, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. And plus, you don't have to get them certified when you pull them out of the packs. They're already certified. That's why I like these cards, man. That's why they're so valuable. Yeah. Because they're rare to get. I ain't going to lie. They're tough to hit a good one. Like, oh, I'm sure. I've spent too much money trying to get good cards, and I've made back quite a bit of money. I was going to say, you have a a Tom Brady rookie card. Right, man. Yeah. That's damn good. I got two Kobe Bryant rookies that are going up in value. I got a second year rookie of Kobe that is going through the roof right now. Oh, I bet. I mean, it's tons Dude, of cards. Dude, I will tell you when those when Kobe gets into the Hall of Fame, right. Those will go up a hell of a lot. They uh, probably uh, I imagine they went up with his unfortunate death oh, this yeah. year. Yeah, they definitely did. But yeah, when he gets inducted, that's gonna be a good day for those cards. Yeah, would you go? Would you try to sell one around then? I would not. No, no. You know why? Because I have a two-year-old son. Yeah, when he grows up, I want him to I have gotcha. all these. When he, I'm gonna wait till he's at least thirty-five. Yeah, I'm a thirty-six maybe. And when he's a responsible, well, adult. Uh, when he's a responsible adult, bro, yeah. And I'm gonna give him this box. When he opens this box, and there's. A Tom Brady rookie. There's Kobe Bryant rookie. She got some of the finest Michael Jordan inserts that got pulled through like 93 to 96. I have a ton of them. Yeah. All very valuable cards. Baker Mayfield rookies, maybe 15 of them. I got about 14 Kyler Murray rookies. Damn. If this dude takes off. I got my Joe Burrow rookie now. Yeah. They're all in a box. This is going to be a million dollar box. Yeah. By the time he's 35. What a good, exciting thing to do. My dad. Oh, absolutely. My father keeps telling me to this day, he goes, I wish I would have done it. He goes, I had Mickey Mantles. He goes, I had Joe DiMaggio's, Yogi Berra's. He goes, Rocky Calavito's. He goes, I had them all. He goes, I shot them with my BB gun and stuck them in my bike spokes. (laughs) He said, I was a stupid kid. He says, you're being smart about it. He goes, you're still collecting to this day. You are. And he goes, you're saving them for your son for when he grows. That's going to be, that could buy him a house. Yeah. Bro, if he sold all them cards. Oh, yeah. The sky's the limit when it comes to football cards and baseball cards. It is odd to think about 
like your parents back in the day. Right. All the cards that they could have gotten. Oh, man. my like you goodness, said, bro. Shot it with BB guns, put it in the bike spokes. But that kids, man, that's what the, kids do. The Mickey Mantles that my father had are going for five grand plus right now. Damn. All the way up to $15,000, bro. Now, okay, uh, so I have one last question for that. What's that? How often do these things sell like that? For that high dollar amount, like the two two to five grand ones. You got to have a collector that needs that card. Yeah. Other than that, you're going to get people to try to talk you down. Good. You say you got a $3,000 card. Yeah. Someone's going to offer you 1500 bucks for it. And that's just somebody that wants it to try to resell it. Yeah. Because there you. are collectors out there that will come up and sh- just, here's your $3,000. No problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll buy it in a heartbeat because they can't find it anywhere else. It's not that they're going to come across yours and you're going to see the good price and pay for yeah. it. That yeah. makes sense, man. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That, it's the crazy world of uh, sports, sports memorabilia and cards and autographs and just trading. Goes back. <laughs> decades and decades decades that is fantastic man that's good that's good stuff to know and i'll tell you what dude i am freaking excited for lincoln when he gets this big ass box can you imagine could you imagine that's cool that's gonna be a good day absolutely it's gonna be a good day well with that this is uh this has been the four pack podcast and we've been drinking benjamin danklin benjamin danklin from Fatheads Brewery. I liked it, too. It was really good. Absolutely. Fantastic beer. Go out and pick it up, and everybody have a fantastic week.